Welcome to Bryce's Biome, guys. This is episode one, season one. Today we have a very special guest, which is Elijah Mitchell. He is one of the people actually that I've worked with throughout lengths of my career. And I felt that it would be a great selection of a first guest as we have a lot to talk about. I hope that you enjoy the podcast. It's been a lot of editing and a lot to put together. I wanted to make sure that the first episode came out with a bang, and I'm hoping it's exactly that. So enjoy the podcast, and I will catch you there. Enjoy, guys. Welcome, welcome, and thank you so much, Elijah, for coming on the show with me. Uh, it, it definitely means a lot, man. Hey, anytime, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm always here to have a great conversation with one of my great buddies, so uh, hey. thanks for having me. Hey, not a problem, man, and, and you're welcome on the show um, at absolutely any time. Uh, so t- to give you guys a, a, a you know, a, a good idea of, of El- Elijah's background, I was actually going to say Eli, but uh, Elijah's background... Uh, so you've you've went from Counter Strike to FIFA, uh, to racing. Now you're with Valorant, and you've also worked uh, in corporate esports. You actually worked alongside me at Next Level uh, there for a little bit too. So can you tell me a little bit about what you've done uh, and what your background is? Uh, yeah. So starting out um, with with Counter Strike, Counter for some reason I fell in love with Counter Strike especially global offensive when it came out back in 2012, 2013, yeah. around that time. Um, I was very adamant. I played it every day. I have like 3.5 K hours, which is Ooh. insane for someone that hasn't gone pro in it. And then the reason why I switched to FIFA is because I, I wanted a game that I could stream and not get so, serious. so worked up in and so serious yeah. about because I uh, competing can get to your mental health sometimes. And and so that was a game that, that helped me. Mm. And then when it came to iRacing and, and doing like the iRacing scene of esports and stuff, it was more of just like a little hobby. Like I still do it here on the side, but I I made some great connections there with a bunch of people. You kill it there too. You kill it there. Yeah. I've, I've won a few races and, and it was, it was fun for, for the long haul or the short haul of, however you want to say i did it for about two years a year and a half something like that um and now moving over to valorant uh which is riot's new fps it plays just like counter-strike with a little bit of overwatch abilities and it's it's just absolutely amazing i love it yeah i mean that that, that's really awesome racing to me to be honest is is actually it's it's really awesome how immersive it is i had a steering wheel for a while and it, it was i mean it was really cool uh so 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 now that you're with valorant so so how old are you Elijah? i am i actually turned 24 this year and nice. what's crazy about it is i feel old <laughs> within like all of the esports scene and i i i'm only gonna get older but there's there's no reason for me to ever stop yeah Sorry in the esports in general see that's that that's kind of the way that i feel too right i mean i've i've been talking to organizations over like the past week and 
I'm getting to the point where I don't think it's like my last dance, you know, per se, but it, it's getting to the point where I really got to get serious with my career. So where, where are you from? Uh, and, and did you, you said that you had went to college and we'll kind of get, we'll kind of get to that in just a second. Cause I, I thought that was really interesting on the, the last episode that I had you on that we actually didn't publish. Uh, but, but I remember you, you had mentioned something there that I'll kind of bring up. Yeah. So I am from Salt Lake city, Utah. I will rep Salt Lake city till I die. Um, yeah. one of the great places to live, great mountains. Uh, I'm still hoping that they bring like an esports tournament here they because should. I think, I think it would be amazing, especially during the summer. You can see the mountains yeah. that that's on, that's a whole nother story, but um yeah going back to to college i played college baseball for a little bit my freshman year yeah um going into my sophomore year i actually had an offer from missouri baptist and st louis to go and play counter-strike because hmm. this was the 2016 uh that was early like 2016. prime of, of counter-strike almost yeah, the prime of Counter Strike and and the prime of like college esports. It was like when college esports was really days. getting there. Yeah. Um, I talked to Clerky about because he's in St. Louis. He he's like the the person over the the Maryville esports. Yeah. Um, I talked to him about it, and it was actually the Alliance or the Allegiance owner or CEO or however that worked back then. Yeah. He was actually putting. He was going to be the esports director over it. Um, uh, and i think clerky uh I, I actually i just seen something about him on um i think it was on linkedin the other day uh he i don't let me see here he he works with the e united right now he he's like the gm and director he's still the director over at maryville but uh i seen that actually he he's working with e united so that that's really cool that you've seen that because um that's that's really awesome so uh, continue, yeah. man. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, you're good. Uh, Clerky is, he's, he's helped me out with a, a few, a few bit of things, um, over the years of just questions and stuff, especially coming from a player mm -hmm. looking or trying to understand a little bit more of the, the corporate aspect of it. But he, uh, yeah, he's the GM over at, uh, United on top yeah. of the director at Maryville. Uh, Maryville is like a three-time League of Legends champion. He also owned um, a team. It was a team in uh, LCS that ended up winning. I, I don't remember the name off it off the top of my head, but yeah, he was he's a really good dude, and I, I appreciate everything he's done um, yeah. to help me in my career. So, yeah, yeah, he's he's actually made some some great strides throughout what he does. So, uh, I I remember you said that you had actually left college to pursue esports right you you said that that's something that you one of the biggest uh sacrifices that you've made i, I don't want to call it a sacrifice right because it's it's all about how you see it um you know sacrifices are usually things that you look at uh, as doing that, that you didn't have to do but uh, I, i'm guessing that it feels like something that, to you or at least that i've seen that that's paid off right yeah so um Leaving college wasn't, especially leaving baseball, because I played baseball since I was three. Like, so it's, it's been a passion of mine. Yeah. Um, for for a very long time, I still watch it today. But that was one of the hardest decisions was to not only turn down a scholarship to play Counter Strike, oh, to pursue going pro over that, but to also to turn down my baseball scholarship and come back home and pursue it and work 
uh, full time and work full time on like my stream and, yeah. and and Counter Strike and stuff like that. So it was I I wouldn't really call it a sacrifice. I would call it more of um, a choice, right? So, a choice and like a, a choice to follow my passion and my dream, yeah. which which you should. My yeah, my my dream is still to one provide great content on my streams mm -hmm. and yeah. to go pro in some aspect or of esports if that's not being a pro valorant player but being some pro coach something like that something along the lines of being in esports for for my actual career yeah so i mean honestly i mean with, with valorant it's such a, a new and kind of juvenile game. I mean, I, I really don't think that, that that it's out of your reach, right? I mean, you, you've proved that, that you're a great player in other games. I mean, every game that I see you go into, uh, I, I see you dive headfirst into it. And, and honestly, I, I've seen you kind of do the same with Valor, and it, it's really been awesome to see uh, because I support you no matter what you do, right? I mean, every single thing uh, that you do, I mean, you, you, you do it 110%. And I mean, honestly, with, with Valorant, I, I think that you've got it there. I mean, you have so much Counter-Strike experience behind you. You've you've got the knowledge of the game. And I, you know, mentoring, I think we covered that a little bit too, but but you are, you're mentoring players right now, right? Yeah, so I, I have a few players that, you know, haven't really been in esports for very long or haven't really competed. And um, it's fun to see them to grow and to kind of get the aspect because – we have a couple of players that actually aren't from Counter-Strike. And yeah. I think like the, our core three players are. So to teach the other two players a little bit about the economy and yeah, the movement and, and, and stuff like that is it's fun to see because I'm not only am I here to see, push myself to get better, but I'm also here to push my teammates to be the best that they can be and hold them accountable for their, for their mistakes and, and, yeah. and also praise them for the stuff that they do right. Yeah, so like the attaboys. So th yeah. that that's really important because I mean, coming up as a player, um, I had this mentor like really early on in my career. Uh, his name was MVX Two, and his name is Nick Heron. Uh, back before like Halo was like what it was at its prime. Um, back in the day, like I, Nick Nick was really good at Halo. I mean, he he was. Uh, pretty much professional player there for a while um and you know he he told me something that's that's always kind of stuck with me and I, I think that maybe this could apply to you too um but he you know i always had asked him i said well you know what's why can't i have the you know the the big streams why can't i have uh you know the the big teams why can't i have any of this you know i'm seeing some of these streamers that absolutely look like they just they don't deserve it and he's like well if if you want to get to where you want to go, you have to put in the work. You have to put in the time. It has to be something that that you dedicate to. And that's whenever I started kind of making the sacrifices that, you know, he had shown me that he had made. And I don't want to say like he was like a professional player per se, but he he was up in the community and he really knew what he was doing within Halo. Um back back in like the Halo 3, Halo 2 days. Um, and, and that's whenever he really kind of had his coming up before esports was really a thing, right? Whenever like HCS was like in pretty much like a garage almost. Um, so I guess one of my big things is, is what, 
what advice would you give someone that that's wanted to pursue a, a career like yours right so like in in esports so that that's kind of what you're going after full time you're you're wanting to do your streaming which great job by the way i've been kind of paying attention to that um but what what kind of advice would you give something you know to someone that that's kind of pursuing esports full time um it's to always have a to have, First, if you want to pursue it full time, you have to make sure you have a passion for it. Yeah. And you have to have a drive for it. Um, second is just because you don't have like I'm not the best player, like I don't have the nuttiest aim. But like Kevin Durant always said, uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So if you have a little bit of talent there, but you work as hard as the next guy, or even harder than the next guy next guy, and you give it your you're all your 110%, you will succeed. It It's not a matter of if, it's when you succeed. Mm-hmm. A- and I see a lot of kids kind of get kind of down because they're not seeing the the performance or they're not seeing the, the stats or, or the trophies come in like they want to, but... That comes over time. That, yeah, that's part of the game. Like, y- you don't think Hiko went out there and was instantly winning in Counter-Strike. No, it took him years and years and years. Uh, the only one I could really think of would be Brax, but, you know, he's a freaking nature. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's in his own right. So it's <laughs> just just keep your head down, you know, just attack it. Attack it with the passion of a, a great white shark. Yeah, and that, that's kind of what I did. I mean, by by no means was I ever professional, right? But I, I did have the, the great links that I went in my career that I'm still going to. And now that I've stepped over kind of to the, the corporate world, it's it, it's such a much larger scope. I mean, there there's so many different logistics and, and models and, and everything that I never really seen as a player that go into it on the back end that it's truly mind blowing. I mean, I mean, I didn't really know that esports was that in depth until I started doing it myself. Um, I, I guess my next question is, or what are the top three people that, that are the most influential to you um, in esports and just in, in gaming in general that, that, you know, you've seen? Um, well, obviously, you know, I, I have to put Hex on there. Oh, of course. Um, Hex his ideas and, and the way that he kind of pushes people to create their own brand is something that I've always looked up to. Yeah. That's why I sh- I stream all the time. See, I spoke to him in Fort Worth and like it, it was, it was an absolutely surreal experience. Um, I got to meet him actually. And that, that was absolutely phenomenal, but uh, continue me. Um, number two, I would have to say um, someone like Nate shot because not only did Nate shot create his own brand, he also helped propel the optic gaming brand into yeah. something that I, I'm wearing my optic shirt, but it was something <laughs> that used optic. to be uh, a little bit, bigger than than what it currently is and then i think that last one i don't know i think that last one has to it's still open for debate in my mind and and i don't think anybody has that last spot because no one has been really that influential in the past couple years like those two have been yeah absolutely i mean i i totally agree i mean nate shot he's he's made some great links i mean to see kind of where he's came from with with optic and um, I mean, he, he's, he, I hate bringing this up, but he's got kind of a sad story behind him. I mean, his mom passed away. Um, and there, you know, there's, there's some really sentimental stuff back there. And then, you know, he, he left Burger, no, not Burger King. He left McDonald's. Did he, he dropped out of college too, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah. So 
from what I remember, because I'm in a stream religiously, especially him and Symphony and the the during this whole quarantine. But yeah, he he's he dropped out of college um, to pursue gaming and YouTube full time, which at the time it was it's very small. Yeah, infancy. Like yeah. you were you weren't even getting paid for YouTube videos <laughs> yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, I remember. And then he be- a podcast about that. Yeah, and then he became a, a Red Bull gamer, and and he just he had it all. He had it all, especially for all the Call of Duty fans out there. Yeah. So everybody just wanted him to be. But he he's made himself into a worldwide phenomenon, really. Like he's something that everybody wants to be, especially within the gaming community, even now. Yeah, I mean, seeing like from from where he's came to where he is now, I mean, people can knock on hundred thieves all they want, call him an apparel company, but I mean, to to see what he's kind of manifested and and created for not only himself but for other people, um, I mean, it's truly amazing for me to see. And uh, a lot of the times, whenever I go into corporate meetings or whenever I speak to people, and they're like, "Okay, what what are your goals? What what do you want to be like?" I, I hate to compare myself to to want to be like a hundred thieves, but ultimately, <laughs> that, that's kind of what I'm looking for is to be a brand um, that that is not similar, but but has the the um the the foundation of of a hundred thieves. I mean, it shows everything that what esports and, and a community should be. I mean, oh yeah. Um, you know, and to, to see, like I said, where he's came from and where he is now and, and the fact that, you know, his dad, I mean, his dad has such a, a hardworking story behind him. I mean, I think he was saying that he was working like two to three jobs or something like that growing up to provide uh, for his family. And and now that, that Matt is, is providing now for his dad, I mean, it is really, I mean, it's it's astonishing. And, yeah, you know, he even... He even bought a car for his sister. Yeah, year, which I mean, is awesome. Yeah, and not to mention it, the the fact that that how far esports has come is. I mean, I didn't really truly think that I would see it come to this. I mean, I remember back in like 2013, I went to a tournament in Dayton, Ohio. It was at uh, I think it was like at the the gaming center or something like that. Let me let me see here. Um, oh, it was at the Chaos Room. Um, and it was, it was a one and done tournament. It was like a best of three, one and done. There was no loser bracket. And dude, there was like, it was packed. I mean, it was absolutely packed. That was my first ever tournament that I went to. And I remember calling my brother. I'm like, dude, these people have jerseys, bro. And he's like, no shit. I'm like, yeah, man. Like these people have jerseys. And, uh, that's kind of what got me hooked is to see like how serious and how much this means to some people. And then from there, I mean, esports just was kind of my life. I mean, I buried, buried myself in it for, for such a long time. Um, and, and now to see that it, it's, it's starting to pay off is, is really awesome to see. Uh, but I think that maybe something that should, should come out or, or something that should be introduced is, is a way that, um, we, we can see people to, to start to be paid for, for what they do, maybe from a larger figure um, or, or, or a large corporate figure within esports, you know, to, to allow people to follow their dreams with smaller seed companies with esports. Like investors right now in today's market are such, such predatory uh, introductions to small companies. It's, it's actually kind of unreal. Um, but I, I would like to yeah. see something like that kind of come in. Well, and, and I believe it'll come. It's just like the whole thing with... Um small businesses and and stuff like that it's but what's really hard is when you have like a small team or a small organization or a small media team here within the esports scene there's not 
I, w- I don't want to say there's not place to grow because there's always place to grow. There's always space. Um, it's more harder to grow because people aren't using, because you're not the first to the scene. So you, you have to come up with tactics like giveaways and, and other kind of things, especially within this oversaturated market. I was like, really just exa- going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Like, for example, like I've been... I've always been against streaming on Facebook, but recently I've been thinking like, Hey, like all my family is on Facebook. Like I have all my friends added on Facebook. It actually would be a good idea to go and stream there, you know, because especially during the pandemic and the global issues that we have going on, (laughs) it'd be easier to connect with them. Um, And so I've been, I've been playing around with that and it's very intuitive surprisingly, but uh, it's just, you have to have like a, a niche like the doctor disrespect niche yeah or um like ninja or something like that like something has to bring in the viewers and then you have to keep them keep them yeah so one of the things that i actually got to kind of explain to my fiance but she's like well why don't certain organizations make it or why don't certain organizations prosper i'm like think about it like this in the midst of summer, you have hundreds of lawn care companies, okay? They, they all kind of do the same thing, but what they do differently from their competitors sets them aside and, and will make their business ultimately flourish. But the thing about esports and how saturated of a market it has and such a liquid market that it entiles, it, well, it entiles, um, is that there's really nothing you can do differently. I mean, there, there's only no. so many different things that you can do. Um, but I, I feel like there's so many organizations out there that deserve to make it. They just kind of fell short. Um, have you ever seen that picture of the guy digging? Um, he turns around digging when there's like literally like centimeters left until he hits diamonds. Oh, yeah. And there's a guy that's just constantly digging towards the diamonds. It's it's kind of like that. There's never an end to, to your grind. Um, Hex actually said that esports is like a 24-7 thing. Uh, It absolutely is. But something that I wanted to get in with that is uh, mental health. And I know that we kind of tackled this. We're kind of tackling some of the topics that that we went over on on our dry run. Uh, But but I'd like to introduce mental health because I I feel like it's such a serious topic and such a a pandemic to what we've seen in, in, in our community very much lately. Uh, we've had some really awesome people go too way too soon um but from both of us being having backgrounds as players do you think and this kind of ties into the whole mental health thing i've seen it on espn a lot do you think that that athletes are comparable to esports athletes i understand that that there isn't the, the physical work behind the, the esports athletes but do you think that esports athletes deserve to be labeled as official athletes which of course i'm biased I've, I've been a player for over six years and i of course i think they should be but you have some of the people that hide behind the keyboard and they're like none of these, these guys couldn't lift yeah. 15 pounds if they wanted to and i'm like okay that that's not what separates them from being an athlete and not being an athlete i think yeah, no. i think more or less it's, it's a mental health thing right it's it's not only just a mental health thing like it's it's having a skill set so for example because i I played baseball i i can go out and i can hit a an 80 mile an hour baseball 
um, that doesn't make me any less of an athlete than me not being able to catch a pass as a wide receiver. So because we each have our own different games or sports, I believe that yeah. Yeah. each individual person is an athlete when they compete in something that suits their skill. So for example, uh, being a Valorant player, FPS, I have a skill there. I feel like I'm a Valorant athlete or, or something like that. It's never a physical attribute. Yeah. It's, it's always how much time you put in. And these are the esports athletes are putting in just as much time as Full-time an athlete. NBA player or yeah. LeBron or, or stuff like that. So I, I do believe esports athletes are, are true athletes. And anybody that tells you anything different is, definitely doesn't actually doesn't actually know what an esport is. Can can I can I tell you something that's crazy? Um, to, I don't know if you remember seeing this from Complexity. Complexity is actually warranting health insurance for their players. And I, I remember you you had said something to me about this, and I'm going to kind of piggyback off of it here. Um, the uh, is it LCS that's, that's warranting? I know that they're warranting the salaries, yeah. but are they warranting the health insurance and all of that good yeah. stuff that, that that a typical athlete or even employer that would would employ to to their employ, uh, employees, right? Yeah. So the LCS, OWL, and CDL all have rules in place that me make it where you have to pay the players a minimum salary. Yeah. Um, you have to provide health insurance. Mm-hmm. And there's one other stipulation. I can't remember what it is exactly. I think it's it's paid time off. You have yeah. to give them paid time off. Especially in esports. Especially. Yeah. So so with that, um, a lot of companies like you'll even in Counter Strike now you have like the Counter Strike Players Association, where they will meet with the organization and say, hey, like we need this much like mm-hmm. PTO or paid time off or, or, or we need health insurance and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, it's really prominent here in the States because we have the laws. Like if you don't have health insurance, you get taxed at Eddie. the end of the year. Um, but I think it also has something to do with the fact that all of these non endemic um, people are investing within um, the space. So like your yeah. Jerry Joneses, your, your shacks, your, your, Derek Jeter's and your Alex Rodriguez and and stuff like that. So they're they're bringing it more mainstream to like a business aspect and and how they were treated as athletes. And they and they absolutely should. Um, you know, I mean that that's really awesome because like it, it's it's almost kind of gross that that we see this, but like I'm not gonna call any organizations out, but if if you follow the rainbow scene, you'll know who I'm talking about. So they've they've promised so many different players. They they promise salaries and they've promised this and that and all these incentivizing items that they can draw. I mean, big name players. I mean, they they had a, a really large team. Um, so one of the big things that I think is even if you're not a franchise league, which th- this would obviously close the door, and this is this is truly up for debate. But this would close the door to a lot of different organizations. But if, if you're on a professional level no matter what the game is and you can afford for office spaces and everything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Salary should be warranted. I mean, if, if even at the amateur level, I mean, there needs to be something that that's much higher than, 
um, you know, in the Call of Duty scene, so like AGN events and, and MES events, even if there are players that are going and traveling across the country to those events, there needs to be something that's higher than their organization that pays them that salary. So they're saying, okay, well, look, like Call of Duty, Activision, someone, okay, look, we understand that, that you're an amateur. You haven't quite made it yet, but we understand that you're traveling across the company or across the company across the country, moving away from your families and, and pursuing this dream, let us provide a small token of thank you for, for putting this much time into our game. Because, I mean, esports, I mean, kind of makes up the entire community almost. I mean, I understand there's yeah. a small percentage of content creators, but... but. Yeah, but so if you were to do that, like, and if you were to have Activision or, or um, Blizzard, be like, all right, you're going to this amateur, you're going to this amateur tournament, quote unquote, but we're gonna we're gonna give you some money for traveling across the country. That that doesn't necessarily make them an amateur anymore. Well, that, right? that that's very true. Yeah, because technically they would be a paid player, which would mean that they're they're technically warranted professional. And like I said, yeah, I mean that's definitely up for debate. But it doesn't even really have to be pay. Like it should maybe be some kind of incentivization, like the franchise to to maybe pay for well that that would be really ridiculous but there, there needs to be something there that it makes a little more worthwhile because i remember i went across the country to philadelphia and i swept my ass off in a room full of like 120 people just to get screamed at and go home like the next day i mean it was uh, it was like the most awful experience in my life i i think when it like with these tournaments where people do travel to I think when you enter, like, you're like, all right, we want a team pass. You buy your team pass. I think you should get, like, a t uh, five sweatshirts or something like that. Like, yeah. something a little bit more to commemorate that you actually you participated, participated yeah. in that event besides just a pass or whatever. So, so, you, so okay, here, here's actually, I think this is maybe, this will probably be a little more attractive. Have you ever been on a cruise before? No. Okay. So I, I do not do boats. Boats are not. Emily <laughs> said the same thing. I'm trying to still get her onto a cruise. So with with a lot of cruises, um, so you, sometimes you'll buy your pass and then it'll provide the flight with it. So like your 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 ticket in real out in reality will be like three hundred fifty nine dollars, but they give you your plane ticket with that in price. So something like that needs to happen with these with these local tournaments, just so you know they can kind of. They can provide something better instead of just making everyone do do that out of pocket or saying, okay, well, if you buy a team pass to this event, we'll provide you a, a room like in our venue for up to four people or something like that to make it a little easier on amateurs. Uh, because, man, I made a lot of sacrifices traveling across the country. I mean, we paid a lot of money. I mean, it was hell, dude. I think I paid, it was close to $600 for two damn plane tickets. I mean, it was yeah, absolutely insane. It's an investment. Like I went to the E League major in Atlanta, and I wasn't even playing, and I spent close to almost a thousand dollars. Now it it's it's a memory, right? Like cause I got to see a Shawless, yeah. my favorite team of all time in Counter Strike, win yeah. their first major, which is awesome. Like, like that's a memory I'm gonna have with me to the day I die. But Absolutely. when it when it comes to like traveling and competing, I think it. Everybody has to go through the same thing. Like Scump did it. Expect Scump did it in a time where when you won a tournament, you were getting uh seventy five bucks max. Yeah. <laughs> and and he was traveling across country. So I I feel like that's just part of the come up. Like I yeah. feel like and Fortnite's kind of changed that because you can win money without actually having yeah, to travel. Like Boga, anyway. He won like what was it like 
three million dollars something like that yeah he, six million dollars <laughs> and on top of that he probably won more money doing like the cash cups and stuff so he's probably earned oh dude he's rolling like, cash yeah like so it's <laughs> esports is getting to the uh, point where these amateurs and they haven't had to grind like, like I, we I did <laughs> we yeah. didn't have nothing like oh my goodness man like, I went to a Counter-Strike land here in Utah. I went to a few of them. I didn't want to go, but a bunch of my friends were like, oh, just go. It'll be fun. I had to take my computer. Oh, yeah. And then pay for, yeah, pay for me to get in and stuff <laughs> like that. So, And nowadays, like, you go to a land for Counter-Strike, and they already have computers set up. It's yeah. like, I had to carry around my, like, 50-pound like machine yeah. around the, the event. Oh, my God. So, like, that that's kind of scary, too, because, like, so many cheaters could be on land because they just have, like, undetectable programs on their machines. So, uh, I mean, that that's really awesome that you've seen said that, you know, because, like, like I said, man, I mean, esports has come, oh, my Lord, so far, so far. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I feel like mental health, you know, kind of getting back to it, mental health right now, um, for esports athletes are, are kind of like at an all-time low. I mean, you you put in, and that, that's kind of what irks me, and that, that may be one of the reasons why I'm so biased towards esports athletes being true athletes, because, like, I'll see... Uh, I remember there was a big debate about it on ESPN. And, uh, you know, you, you see on hindsight, you see these players playing, you see them traveling, like, oh, that, that must be nice until you actually live that life, until you actually do that. And it's, I mean, it's really mentally taxing, man. I mean, whenever I went to Philadelphia, for one, I, okay, if you're, if you live in Philadelphia and you're listening to this podcast, I have to say you are an absolute fucking animal. I don't understand how you do it. It gets to like negative two there. I mean, it, I don't, I don't get it, dude. It was so cold. It literally made me start smoking cigarettes. So oh, it gets cold here too. It's, it's nothing. It's, if you, if you didn't grow up in a climate where it gets cold, it's gonna be cold. Oh, it, I live in it, Kentucky. It, it gets like maybe twenty degrees on really bad days. It gets to like zero, but that's about it. But I mean, like, uh, man, I didn't sleep. I think for like thirty six hours. I mean, it was like it was insane. Whenever I got to the hotel, dude, like I literally fell out. Like I, I think I died, hibernated, came back to life, and then died again all within the same night. And it was awful. Um, and, and I can only imagine for how it would feel for full-time players that do this for a living. I mean, that is, that, that's absolutely insane. And, you know, mental health, I mean, for anyone, I mean, that, that goes for, for outside of players, content creators, and people that sit in front of a screen for 12 hours a day, no matter what you tell yourself, that is not natural. That, that our bodies as, as homo sapiens are not meant to do that we're meant no. to to absorb vitamin d and different vitamins that, that we get from going outside um there's actually a cycle that, that if you live in alaska i don't i don't know what it is but it's something to do with the neurological uh stance of, of the brain so like before they enter the the um the the cycle of day well they they end the cycle of day to where it stays night i don't i don't remember for how long it is but six months yeah it's six months so they do like a light therapy i think it's with uvb they do uvb therapy to where it they're they're your your eyes physically actually see uvb rays and it does something neurologically to them so sitting inside all day even if you've got a window beside you and you just stare at a screen all day that has to do some kind of taxation mentally um and that's why i think like 
I don't know if like there should be like an esports player association just for all games to where there's an open resource. I mean, for content creators, anyone in gaming to go and speak to a therapist if they need to, because we've been seeing so many content creators, professional players and everything else taking their life. It's it's so saddening to see. So there is someone his name is Dr. K. He streams on Twitch and um, okay, and especially recently. Um, with uh, Twitch losing Wreckful and yesterday uh, Twitch using, losing Olana, um, both both I only I watched Wreckful a couple times. I didn't really watch Olana, but I, I heard of her and I, I know who she was or is. And um, what's what people tend to forget is that there's there's humans on the other side of that screen, uh, just as like I'm a human, you're a human, and and. People forget that and they will say mean and hurtful things. And I think that is really the root of the mental health when it comes to esports players and content creators because yeah. their fans, especially like if you look at like, um, if you look at MIBR, there was a recent thing going around with them because they played uh, Chaos Esports Club. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the uh, casters, yeah, the Brazilian casters, uh, accused one of the Chaos Esports Club's uh, players of cheating. Yeah. Everybody in Brazil, not everybody, I can't, I can't say everybody, but a lot of people in Brazil were sending um, death threats. Death threats. Yeah, I remember that. And that's just insane. Like it's a, it's. I understand it's a video game. But the, the, but the such low value for human life is at an all time low now, or at an all time high now. Oh yes, a hundred percent. So it's. It's just I don't know. It's it, it gets to the point. Yeah, it it gets to the point. It's like, well, when do when do when do you see the other person is human? Yeah, when when is enough is enough? I mean, I've seen so many people like put on a stake socially, and it, it, I'm like, is it really that serious? I mean, there, there's obviously some. I mean, no matter what you do, I mean, you still don't deserve to be put on a stake. It's okay to call someone out for being wrong, not necessarily call them out, but but maybe um, pull them aside and say, hey, look, you know, you you cheated in this tournament, or or you said something that that was wrong and that that's not acceptable, and that's why there needs to be a higher association to take care of that. It, it doesn't need to be mitigated and and carried out by players. Um, uh, I I agree. You yeah. know, I mean, and not to mention like contracts, etc. I mean, that that all needs to be enforced. I mean, you you say something like that and you're out. You know that that's exactly how it should be. Um, and you know, I I just want to let any of the listeners know now at home. Um, if you're going through something mentally, and and it's not something that you can really talk about or you can tell someone about, um. My, my socials are they're they're in the they're in the description and you can always reach out not only to me but but there's so many other resources that you can reach out to and and suicide is is never the option it's you can always go get help and, and i understand that it may not feel like that but with with so many great people that that me and elijah have have seen throughout the community lose their lives and take their own lives is, is very saddening for the for the both of us to see so we want you all to know that, that you're not alone um, and, and mental health is something that's very serious and especially with with the uh, the quarantine and and all of that stuff going on and kind of keeping you indoors and with the world kind of low-key going to shit right now um, I mean I, I could only see that, that 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 could kind of amplify depression and stuff like that but it, it's definitely a very serious thing 
Um, and and there, there needs to be a barrier of people to know when enough is enough. I mean, uh, I, I mean, like, I don't remember if you remember like the, the Echo Fox and Rick Fox situation. I mean, that, yes. that was absolutely horrendous. I mean, that, that wasn't okay. And I mean, money isn't money. Money is just an object, but I mean, they lost not only a lot of money, but, but Rick Fox, I mean, he lost out on something that, that he introduced his son as a child. I mean, well, so his son introduced him and, and, and Rick Fox ended yeah. up falling in love with it. And yeah, what only sucks is it's, it's always a, a he said, she said kind of battle. Uh, or he said he said kind of battle when it comes when it comes to aspects like that and, and i'm guessing you you listen to the podcast too that i'm thinking about right so uh he his son actually had taken him he went to like an interview rick fox like he his son he had a really big love i think it was for i don't remember what game for, yeah it was for league of, it was, legends. It was league of legends and then it was um he interviewed at a company uh what was it called um he interviewed there and ultimately he got it and then um, he, he showed his son, like, he got, like, a tour, and then he that's whenever he kind of went into Echo Fox. But needless to say, I, I mean, there's a, there, there's definitely a point where enough is enough, right? Um, but, I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's just one of those things that, that you just kind of have to be human being to human being to other people. It's it, it's not – it's free to be a good human being. That, that's all it is. Um, yeah. But – is there anything, Elijah, that, that maybe you you have questions about? Because I know that you know I've asked you a lot of questions, and, and maybe you you may have some questions, or maybe so, you have some stuff for me. Um, I'm not sure if you saw the recent news today. There, there's a couple things I do want to talk about, and because uh, I, I want to pick your brain on uh, a few things. Um, but the big news that I saw today, okay, was Hasho decided to step down. From Envious as the CEO and go to, I think it was a gaming director or something like that. Uh, uh, director of games, something like that. I don't know, but he's stepping down to CEO. CEO really? Um, which, yeah, which means that he is kind of taking a step back. I, 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 How do you feel about that? Well, I mean... There's multiple, multiple outcomes that you can look at, man. I mean, Hastro has been doing this. I mean, for for a really long time. I mean, Hastro has has been at it for probably close to twenty years, if not more. Envy um, has has been a company that's that's been around for years and years, and to see him stepping back, I mean, that that's not really a big surprise to me. I mean. He, he's doing what he loves and he's not blocking other people from greatness, right? So he's not blocking other people from, from allowing them to, to, to rise up into the links of envious. Um, and it, it, he's still remaining in something that he loves. And that was kind of like what I did. I stopped playing, but I went to the, to the, um, the corporate world to provide opportunities for me, um, you know, the, the opportunities that I didn't have as a player, but for other people. And I feel like maybe that's kind of the situation that he's doing there. Um, you know, I mean, there, there, there is a shelf life of people's career in esports, and people often forget that. It's it's one of those things that, um, you know, no matter how long you work in it or no matter how hard you work in it, eventually, you know, you, you got to take kind of the, the Michael Jordan back. You got to retire. You got to slow down a little bit because that's whenever your family and, and stuff like that starts getting very more, very, very important, much, much more later in life um, versus Hastro whenever he was much, much younger than, than what he is now. I mean, he's got a beautiful newborn. 
Um, and, and honestly, I mean, all the franchising and stuff that they've done, I, I feel like maybe his, his goals are, are there and they're done and there, there's still a lot of work to do, but I mean, to see what Hastro has built, I, I think that he deserves to, to relax and to, you know, do what he needs to. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, I think it's awesome because, you know, when you, you talk about Hex, you talk about Call of Duty, you can't leave out uh, Hasho and Envy. No, right? no, absolutely the, not. The, the biggest rivalry, Optic Envy, <laughs> you know, it may not be there anymore, but, but it, it's it it's still kind of there. It's yeah. still kind of there because you have the Empire oh and you God. have the Huntsman. I've, I forgot all about that, man. Oh, my Lord. So many years ago, whenever Merc went over to, to Envious and... Merc, I remember. I remember um, after UMG Philadelphia, I was supposed to actually go to that event, and I was supposed to play in that event. <laughs> but UMG Philadelphia, you know, Scump leaving Optic, you know, envy goes over to Envy, <laughs> and he's oh there for God. two weeks, and then he goes back over to Optic. Like it was, it, it's, it's awesome. It, yeah, it's yeah. And, and and speaking on the whole Optic thing, so I'm not sure if you just kind of make a transition here. I'm not sure if you watch the esports report mm, um, so there is a youtube channel it's called the esports report i watch okay. them every single day because they talk about streamers and stuff like that today they made a video about the investment in optic gaming mm -hmm. and immortals and optic, now, i'm not yeah. sure i, I know yeah. a little bit about that so the whole situation and they're saying it's a it's a bad investment well if you actually i'm looking at it from the business side and I've, I've explained this in, you know, YouTube comments because I'll go on my rant and I'll, I'll type away and make that clicky noise. Mm -hmm. But um, if you look at the investment, Immortals Gaming acquired uh, Houston Outlaws. They acquired oh, every 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 asset that Optic had, mm -hmm. except I think it was what for except for their Call of Duty roster. No, Counter-Strike. Oh, it was Counter-Strike. Okay. Counter-Strike and Call of Duty. So Counter-Strike, their contract was up, so they ended up leaving. Mm -hmm. Call of Duty ended up leaving because their contract's up after the year. Their contracts are only for that specific game. Same, yeah. Uh, from what I remember. Mm -hmm. uh, now that their franchise is a little bit different. So they didn't, two Rosses they didn't get. They got the Overwatch brand, which mm -hmm. Immortals had one, so they were forced to sell that brand. They got the League of Legends spot. Which yes. Optic paid 25 mil for. Yeah. Just put that number out there. And then they got the Call of Duty brand, which it's Optic in general. Yeah. I mean, so with that being said, it's from the business side, that's not a bad investment. You got you got I the mean, League of Legends spot. Especially with those contracts. I mean, that that's the thing that so many people downplay is that just because the franchise is 25 million you you don't even know how much those contracts were yeah and those contracts are probably worth at least five hundred thousand apiece. I well mean, and, and and the thing is like you you gain all those players um you can release them or do whatever you want after but you not only have to sell the overwatch brand which optic paid 10 mil for mm -hmm. and that that league is it, it's going down but it's still going to be it's still gonna sell for more, and I I think they sold it for like fifteen, maybe twenty, yeah, twenty mil. So they essentially got a League of Legends spot for free, and they essentially had half the Call of Duty, uh, spot for free, and didn't have to put pay for branding. That's a steal in my book because oh yeah, you like that's a smart investment. Now the first year of Call of Duty League, you don't really expect anything, even though they have J Cab, T J Halley, Kenny Quavo. 
and and a couple of other players. And League of Legends, your first year in League of Legends, and you're going going up against Cloud9, who's had their team for three years, and a hundred thieves who who's absolutely killed it and not doing so good this year. But League of Legends is is an esport that is dying. But I'm uh, yeah, I don't know uh, that whole optic acquisition thing was was weird yeah i mean you gotta think though i mean regardless i i think that the investment for for optic was i mean probably if not one of the most optimal uh buyouts in esports history i mean yes what what how how much did immortals end up paying for it so they 30 million oh and that was that was jay's shares right which was 50 percent of the company i'm guessing that was no. That was infinite share. Oh, because that's why because that Hector, infinite. yeah, because Hector had stepped back and then uh, Jay had assumed the full responsibility of Optics operations and he had sold it, which yeah. and he so, sold it sold it for how much again? He sold so he sold infinite sold Optic the brand and all the subsidies that Optic owned like the teams yeah. for thirty mil. Infinite. Um, so because Optic, the subsidies, owned um, – or it was, it was something like they, they sold Infinite. The, the investing group sold Infinite Gaming, mm-hmm. which um, had all of the teams under it. And like yeah, no because I'm guessing like it was probably their investment – their, yeah, their investor that, that it. was investing into their teams okay, to yeah. make that possible. Okay. And then, and then because they got that spot, they just had to rebrand it. They don't have to pay anything to rebrand it. They just rebrand no, yeah, it pretty because much. they're like, they're like, Hey, we're going to use this optic brand for, um, for call of duty and we can't use it for anything else. So, and then League of Legends like, yeah, just rebrand it. But smart because immortals got denied the spot for the LCS. Yeah. So they're like, oh, a year later, we just got to buy our yeah. spot, and it was only five mil more. And on top of that, we have to sell they this acquired team. Acquired everything. Those they essentially got a League of Legends spot for uh, what, five like, mil, like fifteen mil, <laughs> five mil, fifteen mil, something like that. Jeez. That's fu- and every other team paid twenty five for. Yeah, and it. that's insane. That's the thing too is like everyone is like, oh fuck optic j and i'm like dude if you look at that on the side of immortals i mean dude if i had that kind of money and i had that opportunity i wouldn't pass it up like that that would be so stupid to pass up and yes it's very sad to see kind of the legacy of optic kind of end it never it's never gonna end but to to turn to another chapter in another set of hands i mean yeah it's it's pretty sad i mean optic was around whenever we were kids man i mean yeah whenever i was like 10 years old i mean i remember going on youtube and seeing like their team tages with hex and diesel and everybody else and then they had like call of duty teams and then they housed a call of duty player that was the first red bull athlete uh yeah. esports athlete so no I, well no he was the second because you had um right. or, or the second or the third because i i know mike from optic also was on it and then i i want to say t squared yeah, that's or T, right. Or okay. T squared was Dr. Pepper, one of the two, something like that. But yeah, so that that whole acquisition was insane. And and talking about thirty million, uh, Mixer. Oh God. Everybody's oh. saying that Shroud and Ninja pulled off the best GTA heist ever. Oh yeah, because now what? What is so? Hold on, let me let me go look this up before we go into this because I think I know where you're going with this. Is is 
Oh, no. Oh, my God. No way. Mixer is closing? Yeah. What? They just got... Do you know how much they probably paid for Ninja? Oh, my so, Lord. So the crazy thing about it, right? And I've been watching this since it happened. Ninja and Shroud, they were smart. They're like... Because they're, they're transitioning over to Facebook Gaming. Facebook Gaming's like, they're going to pay $2,500 a one-time to all of the Mixer partners. And they just have to meet their deliverables. You know, stream on the platform for more than 90 days, a couple of other things. And Shroud and Ninja got offered double their contract that they got from Mixer to go to Facebook. And they both turned it down and said, no, you have to pay me out. I want to get paid out because Mixer couldn't deliver on their deliverables. So what's smart is now not only is Ninja a free agent, he streamed on YouTube for the first time yesterday. Oh, my goodness. He had 160,000 viewers. Peak viewers, I believe that. I don't think that was concurrent. What was he streaming? Fortnite. Oh Fortnite, 160,000 viewers. And it was non-exclusive. So he's still in talks with other companies, other platforms. Oh, oh my God. That is insane. Big brain play. You got to give him credit. You got to yeah, give him credit. Eight, eight <laughs> months and, you, and overnight you become a 30 millionaire. Eight months and overnight you become a 10 millionaire. And Shroud hasn't said nothing. <laughs> Shroud, Shroud, Shroud grabbed his bag, said, we're going on vacation. Hasn't said shit since. Hey, baby, we're putting on the red panties tonight. Conor McGregor, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, they, they're probably not doing anything because they're swimming in money right now. Bro, it's it's insane. And and Jessica Belvins, you know, Ninja's wife, she tweeted out something like a couple more days or something like that. So I believe he's going to announce who he's going to be exclusive to. And I believe it is going to be YouTube because... Oh, YouTube has... I, I think, dude, I mean, their, their metrics for, for, like, paying for views is absolutely... I mean, it yeah, touches a lot of platforms. And as, as much as a, as viewership as Ninja pulls in, I mean, that would be absolutely a phenomenal profit for him. The CPM, like, destroys Twitches, which is which is cool because I, I watch a lot of Devin Nash. I For some reason, I get in this mindset of, like, I need to know everything about the business side of being a, a content a content creator and yeah. uh, esports player because I believe it gives you a little bit more insight of how organizations work. And the CPM destroys, from what Devin Nash says, my source, he, it destroys Twitches. Like you'll have, if you're a $100,000 or a $100,000 um, subbed uh youtuber you make like three times more than a twitch streamer and and that's just that's nuts really? that's a lot of money because they're making like twitch streamers with let's say let's say 300 subs they're making like maybe four or five thousand a month yeah not not including ad, ad revenue so and their endorsements yeah, and they're and they're like their sponsors and stuff. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. I was looking at uh, the the metrics to like a million views a couple years ago, and I think it's four four grand per a million views. 
on a, it was YouTube, on YouTube video. right? Yeah, on a YouTube video. Yeah, that's well, it's because the CP Google's smart with their CPMs, and Twitch is Twitch is trying to get their CPMs better, but they just it's just annoying. Yeah, because now you you get a pre roll ad that doesn't actually support the creator, and then and that for you to really tur- do anything, right? Does, does it, no, it, it's just an ad. So like an ad break, hey. Instead of yeah. you having to go on like an ad break and making your own graphics, we're going to give you some ads that supports our platforms and ad space, but we're not going to pay yeah. you for it. <laughs> but, but what's funny is, and I've learned this because I'm an affiliate. So I, I, I have like pre-roll ads and I have them turned off, but you have to run an ad every 30 minutes, like a, a, a minute ad for every 30 minutes for your stream never to get pre-roll ads. Are you serious? So that's that's what's crazy. That okay. So, ad space. I mean, that's literally how Twitch is probably paying their 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 streamers. Is like they're probably going to companies like Dove and like uh, Dr Pepper and Red Bull and all the big big corporate companies. They're like, hey, uh, we we have an affiliate program of people that are pursuing to do this full time. They have to run your ads, and we don't have to pay them, but you have to pay us, and then we're gonna pay our bigger streamers for that. It's so big. It's it's such a big skill gap for streamers to, to actually get large. I mean, it's yeah. it's absolutely an, an insane mountain to climb. And, well, it's, and it's so unrealistic at this point, unless you're going to a different platform. And I went to Mixer for a little bit, and I'm glad I, I didn't stick there. But, I mean... No, bro, you should have stuck there. Because if you would have became a partner, you would have got twenty. You would have got $2,500 off the rip to move to Facebook. <laughs> oh, my God, imagine. For ninety days, given that's that's not a lot of money, and oh yeah, that's a lot of money for me. That's a month's bills. Yeah, but what what I'm saying is like for ni- over a ninety day period, that's not a lot of money because no. you you have to be exclusive to that to that platform for that ninety days. Yeah, but even even like because I, I when they announced that Mixer was shutting down, I went over because I was in Hassan Abibi stream. I watch him a lot too because I'm in the big political shit right now. Yeah. But uh what uh there was like some streamers crying. And I'm yeah. like y- you understand like you are a mixer partner. You come over to Twitch, which everybody has a Twitch alive. account. Well, no, everybody has a Twitch account, right? Like so even the started. people that are watching that stream yeah. has a Twitch account. They're on Twitch. Yeah. You're not going to lose any viewers. If anything, you're going to gain viewers because everybody was like, hey, come over to Twitch, link your stream if you're from Mixer, and we will Kipo stop Storbles. by. Kipo yeah. tweeted out something like that. Like, if you're a partnered streamer with uh, with Mixer, we have resources that can help you with your transition. Yeah, and- which that's that's awesome. It, it, essentially, what I believe what Temple Storm was going to do because um, was they were just going to – put them in context because I believe Temple Storm is partnered with Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were going to put them in contact with the partnering program. And they, cause if you're on, let's say you're on YouTube and yeah. you have, um, let's say you have 200, 300,000 subs on yeah. YouTube. You can contact Twitch and be like, Hey, I want to start streaming on your program on your, on your platform. Can I get a partner right away? This is my other social media outlets numbers and they they will give you a partnership they'll usually cater to that yeah yeah so which i I don't think is i I don't really think it's justifiable because i mean like i you you have to see it from the the i guess from the uh this perspective of 
a smaller streamer that's absolutely started from nothing, right? I mean, like YouTube viewerships. Like, let's say I'm, let's say I'm a Rainbow Six content creator, right? And I, I end up my end game. I've got 120,000 subscribers, but I want to go over to YouTube, but I won't have to work for any of those metrics to get up to a partner like everyone else has on on Twitch. I don't think yeah, that, you, that 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 should be a thing. Yeah, but you already worked for your metrics to get up on a platform, especially YouTube, where it's harder to get your video seen. You think so? You really think that YouTube's harder than Twitch? A hundred percent. Really? Because if you're if you find YouTube, the right yeah. time at Twitch, you will always get a viewer or two. But on YouTube, you have like two thirds of the world on YouTube. And one third of the world trying to upload videos. That's very true too. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of, yeah. It, it, not to mention, I mean, hundreds of millions of people are on YouTube, maybe, maybe yeah. a couple million people on Twitch. So yeah. So, I, so there's definitely a diversified viewing portfolio there. The, the reason why it's so hard to get big on Twitch, especially right now is because Honestly, people don't want to put in the work. And I, and I can say that even about myself. Mm-hmm. Because I'll, I'll go on these aspects or like these these times where I'll stream for like <laughs> a month straight. Yeah. And then I'll take like a two-week break. Yeah, and it, it's, it, it's it's I wouldn't even call it a burnout. It's I get to the point where like I'll be playing the game on stream. And then I'm like, all right, now it's trying to see what i can do without not streaming yeah Yeah, and see like how far i can get in the competitive scene which i have to remember that like okay especially now for for valorant i have to remember like hey like that this is something i really want to do i have to push my brand a lot more hence why like i redid my logo i redid all my stream like intermission stuff like i did all that just so i can very important man yeah so i can make a better viewing experience um experience for for my viewers and a lot of people on twitch don't do that like i'll go i'll go through the lower because i like to host i like to host lower streams because i believe that i'm a lower streamer i want to host lower streamers i always will i don't stream for money i stream for fun Mm -hmm. honestly yeah yeah um but when it comes down to it, I, I look at these lower streamers and they don't have like the designs, like a, a cool design, which is cool. But at the same time, like their gameplay is really hard to watch. So it's like, why am I here? Why are your viewers going to stay is, is, yeah. what, is what I tell people. Because like one of one of my big things too, like whenever I first started streaming, I think I was streaming like COD, was it COD 4? No, I, I think it was... I think this is whenever I really started getting serious into streaming. And I was streaming like Modern Warfare. This guy came in and he's like, man, he's like, I really like the vibes of your stream. And that really kind of stuck with me. Because like if you go to like, and it sucks because it doesn't really translate as well. But if you go to a streamer that has good content, but a shitty viewing experience, you're not going to watch them. But you're going to go to the streamer that's got the, the, the fucking rotating uh stream overlay they've got you know the the whole nine yards and their content is just absolute dog meat and it it really sucks for the streamers that just don't have the resources available well so so people people say this there's two reasons why people will stop obs is a big thing now too yeah streamlabs obs is is amazing and I, i i love using it i i even switched over to stream elements obs and it was awful compared to streamlabs 
But there, there are two reasons why people watch streams. They one watch for the content. Tim, Tim the Tapman. Mm. People watch Tim the Tapman. People watch uh, Summit. Summit's kind of like in the middle, but Summit for the content. Yeah. Then they watch people for the skill, which like Shroud and like Shroud. Like Shroud is an absolute Ninja. god that he picks up any game. I mean, dude, I was watching him play Tarkov, and oh my god, it, it was like witnessing Jesus Christ walk across the plains of of Tarkith. I mean, it it was it's yeah. insane. He's nuts. Any game he picks up, and he, and he explained this. I watched one of his YouTube videos. It was from a stream. He explained it. He's like, it's not that I'm good at any game. I just adapt really fast. I'm going to get surpassed eventually, but, not but right I'm now. just good at adapting right away. Yeah, and that, that's something I've noticed because, like, whenever Apex first came out. Have you seen the new uh, BR, by the way? Yeah, Hyperspace, not about it. I have, I have a beta code. I'm I'm not even gonna install it, dude. If or have you have you redeemed it yet? No, not yet. Shoot that my way. Let me let me hop on that. It's it's linked to my account. Ah, well. Anyway, um, I mean, like, I don't know. He 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 literally plays any game, and he he's the Lord himself. Like I remember whenever Apex first came out, and uh, I mean, dude, he was he was pulling off some seriously nutty stuff. But whenever well, he he picked up Tarkov, I mean Tarkov is such a large skill gap. Within two days of playing that game, I mean he was a lord. But I'll go over to like streamers like Tim the Tapman, and uh, uh, there's there's another guy. He, he's um he he streams for Phase, uh, and he's got like the the neon stuff in his room. I forgot what his I forgot what his stream is. Uh, Are you talking about Tico? No, no, it can't be Tico. Tico. Tico's actually uh, pretty good. Not Tico. Um, there's another guy. Oh, he wears the glasses. What's his name? Let me let me go look. But but anyway, I, I have these streamers that I like to vibe to, and I have the streamers that I like to watch whenever it's just kind of a casual viewing experience. I, I like watching Tim the Tapman. And not so much Tim's now because Tapman. Ninja's back over on, on – or he's on YouTube now. So not so much now, but I just like listening to the, the shit that Tim the Tapman talks. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hilarious, honestly. Um I'm trying to see Oh man, what who is it? It's um jeez, man. He he was with FaZe. Oh. Um I his, his name is literally on the the top of my tongue. I mean, it's it's literally on the top of my tongue. What what game does he play? He plays like everything. Like he uh he plays Fortnite sometimes. Um Could it be Cloaky? No, it's I don't think it's Cloaky. He he's been in phase for a while now. I mean he's he's been there for for a little bit. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll get back to it. I'll look around it. <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out. But um, yeah. So like going back to it. I mean, wh which which viewing experience do you? I mean, ultimately, I mean, prefer really. I mean, uh, for me. So there there are aspects when it comes. It depends on what I'm watching. And recently, I've been watching chess. I, it's a whole thing that I've been watching. It's getting big on Twitch. It's it's fun to watch. Hmm. Chess, Hassan, and Devin Nash. I'll watch like Gold Glove, which is more of a content streamer like Tim the Tapman, or I'll watch yeah. Summit when he's doing his Max Payne uh, runs. But for, really, I watch content that suits me on the day. I can't really explain it. Like mm -hmm. Symphony's one of them, which is really good gameplay. Um, it's yeah. just, it's kind of, 
all over the place. I, I really don't have like a specific one that I watch. Yeah, I mean that, that's kind of how I am, right? I mean, it's just it's it's just really kind of what I'm feeling that day. I don't know. I find it kind of hard to be able to like, I guess, like sit down and actually like watch a streamer. Almost like it's it's kind of it's kind of difficult for me to do. Um, I don't know if maybe you find the the same thing there. I do only because it's like, well, I'm watching him. I could be doing that. Yeah, that that's how I am with like sports. Like I'll be like watching baseball, and I'm like, I I don't like it. I don't know. It's that's kind of different because it's sports. But like in certain sports that I watch, I'm like, dude, I could be doing this instead of watching it. Yeah, like, so if I if I catch myself watching a streamer, and I'm like, man, well, I don't want to watch this. I'll turn on my stream right away, and I'll start playing Valorant, or I'll start playing chess, or hang on, just chatting. Just chatting is really fun lately. Like just hanging yeah. out and hanging out with my chat. Yeah, that's 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 actually pretty true. I mean, honestly, I would like to do something like that. Maybe while we're we're doing like a podcast or, or something like that. I I still can't find that streamer that I'm looking for. But um, if if anyone that is listening to this, you know who it is. He's he's got he wears glasses. He wears like these 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 round glasses. He's got like some neon stuff in the background. If you end up figuring out who it is, please let me know because I cannot think of it for the life of me. Um, but we are at an hour and seven minutes. And uh, Elijah, I have to say, man, this has been an absolute pleasure. I mean, it is, it's, it's, I, I feel like maybe this was even better than, than the first one we did. 100%. Um, it actually felt more natural. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a little less forced. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this should be up on Friday, which we're recording this on the 9th, July 9th, 2020. So this should be up on July 10th. Uh, for those of you on Spotify, I will be posting Elijah's social media stuff down below. So you guys can go give him a follow and kind of follow him on his journey and everything else. Uh, but we will see you next time for episode two, season one of uh, Bryce's Biome. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, once again, Elijah, I want to thank you so much. We're we're, de we're definitely going to have to have you on the show again, man. Oh, yeah, I, especially uh, after this podcast blows up, I can kind of use you for clout. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Go <laughs> for it, man. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me on. As, sure. as long as it blows up, I'm cool with that, man. I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> cool with that. But uh, thanks for coming on, man, and have a good night. And uh, viewers at home, thank you guys so much for watching. You're awesome. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, guys.